Welcome back, viewers at home. You're still tuned in right here on Prime Live on your decoder. It's channel 345. Now, today we have the privilege of engaging with Nikki Verd, a dynamic force in the world of digital transformation and a beacon of those seeking to navigate the ever-evolving landscape of the AI-driven economy. Now, Nikki is not just a digital futurist, but also an acclaimed author, international keynote speaker, and a future of work coach and consultant. Her insights have earned her recognition as one of the top 50 global thought leaders on digital disruption and the future of work by Thinkers360. Nikki, good evening and thank you so much for joining us this evening. Thank you so much for having me. Now, my first question to you this evening is what inspired you to delve into, you know, this world of, you know, AI and transformation of the future works? That's quite an interesting question. One that if I were to answer fully, we would spend the night here. <laughs> but I will give you the snippet of it, right? So I was still very much in the corporate world when I got retrained. I literally still starting my journey into the corporate world, as I can say. And so when the when retrenchment happened for me, I started asking these questions as to how do organizations continue to thrive when they let go so many people, right? For me, when I got retrenched, it became like, you know, you've ever had that experience when you buy a car, you start seeing that particular mark of car everywhere. So for me, because I've been retrenched, the news about retrenchment was what would stick out for me, you know, on TV, on radio. And so I became very curious to ask to, because there were so many organizations at the time that would let go like, 3,000 to 5,000 people in the space of three years. And all of this was on the news. Uh, I believe not many people were getting the news as much as I was because I was still, the pain was still very fresh. So I started asking questions. If an organization can let go of so many people, how do they continue to thrive? Aren't people supposed to be the backbone or the lifeblood of every organization? And so that curiosity led me online. And for the first time, I came in contact with concepts like artificial intelligence, robotics, automation. These were things I was never paying attention to. Prior to that moment, the only technology that I knew would be to sit on my laptop, work, send emails, whatever, you know, use my phone to make calls. There was nothing beyond that that I knew about technology. So this curiosity just landed me into the path in which I am today. And as I was researching on what is what is the cause of this? I became very intrigued and I started writing about it on social media. And, you know, social media became like a way you're testing your ideas, even though I didn't know I was testing an idea. But because I was writing about it, so many people became very intrigued by what I was saying, it kind of asking me questions as though I was the expert. I mean, why clearly I was just as clueless as everyone, right? So... It just became from there because there were so many people that were intrigued just as I am. I started thinking to myself, oh, I think someone should write a book about this. But in a million years, believe me, I didn't think that someone would be me because I thought you need to be really smart to write a book. And I was like, no, I don't think I'm that smart to write a book. So I canceled the idea from my mind. But when an idea has taken hold of you, sometimes if you do not give in to it, you, become, you sort of become miserable. And that was really what happened to me. I couldn't find rest. I was like, write a book, write a book. I had the self-doubt, can I really do this and all of that. So eventually I wrote the book and I thought to myself, what better title than disrupt yourself or be disrupted? Because here I was minding my business and my boss disrupted my life. So is the book now that, you know, it became what it is and put me on the path in which I am. And here, if I didn't write that book, I probably would not be here. <laughs> 
booking to you. Thank you to the book. And I can say, I don't know if, to, without sounding very insensitive, thank you to Retrenchment because now we're seeing a better version of Nikki. Because one thing I've noticed through life, when we go through whatever we're going through, it feels like you're alone. It's, it's, it's a you thing. But the moment you start to share and talk about it, it's like actually there's a whole community faced with the same thing, but there is no solution. And you are meant to become the beacon that comes with that solution. Absolutely. Yeah. Amazing. Believe me, when it happened, I didn't think in a good thing good would come out of it. I thought it was the end of the world. To say that was the most devastating period of my life would actually be an understatement. For me, I was like, okay, like this, this is it. Life is over. I'm never going to rise out of this pain. But as it is, um, as they say, there's always a green light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. <laughs> I think one of my one of my favorite sayings that I like to live by is the word no actually means next opportunity. Right. And that is absolutely an encapsulation of the journey that you have undertaken. Somebody told you no and you said, you know what, never mind, next opportunity. I'm on to bigger and better things. But I relate to a lot of what you're saying. I know we live in a digital age, but like you, I am was very oblivious to AI and digital technology. And I was like, what does it have to do with me? I don't think I'm super interested in it i'm doing my nine to five job i use the technology i need and that's it but you know culture can also play a very important role when it comes to innovation in organizations what role do you think that plays in this very digital age that we are living in it's a very crucial time that we are living in and just what you have just said if i can build on that because there's still so many people with that mindset this doesn't concern me i'm not in it i'm not from the tech world. I don't work in tech. You know, I'm just a normal employee or a normal person. Why should I be paying attention to this? And so one of the things I tell people is that if I can do this thing, look, anybody can do this because I was, I'm not from that background. So I'm sort of the bridge between the tech experts and those on the ground that are like, no, no, this is not for me. Right. So I'm right there in the middle. I'm like, Hey, you need to step up because that era where technology was a conversation for IT expert is over. That era where technology was a conversation for the elite class or just for those that are uh, in the in the in the IT world is completely over. Even within organizations, that whole idea of this is the IT department is like digital transformation is crumbling those walls down. You know, everyone, whether you are in marketing or you're in finance, whatever department you find yourself, you are in IT essentially. Because when we're looking at all of the emerging technologies, they're affecting every department in, in, in the business world. They're affecting everyone in the business world. Whatever, even I believe that one of the key things I strongly believe in is that this conversations around technology should start as early as even from creche, if the kids can really understand, right? From primary all the way to the university. It shouldn't even be something that graduates should then leave the university and start wondering, oh, so what next, what happened? So this whole thing should become a culture, like you've said, but it should really start from the education system where it is instilled. I call it AI should become the new mathematics because when mathematics was the thing, it became a world that was built on that. But now if AI is going to be, if the economy, the new economy is being powered by AI, and it's still absent from schools. It is still absent from our, absent from our kids. It means that the education system is preparing kids for the world that no longer exists. And one of the funny things when, for example, ChatGPT was released, it was the way the universities and the schools handles it. Like, we don't want anybody using that. Okay, I was, the question I was asking was, if the school system is saying we don't want our, our, our students using this, but they are preparing this to students for the, for the economy, for the world of work, 
A student is going to graduate who has never interacted with AI and work and land straight into an organization that is essentially AI powered. How are they going to survive? Right. So the earlier we allow our kids to start experimenting with these systems, the better. It should be a culture that not just start at an organizational se- sector, but right from the educational sector, as young as possible, in my opinion. Now, Nikki, I want us to address the older generation or the, how can I say, middle-aged generation right. where they feel like it's too little, it's too late, or it's too much and it's too late for me. What approach would you use in terms of coaching and consulting them to understand the challenges as well as the opportunities that come with an AI-driven economy? That's a great question because that class in its own, there are also those that are like, no, this is not for me. I think mm. I'm too old for this. But honestly... We are all still at the early stages of AI. And if we don't jump on board now, we'll be left behind. Whether you're young, you're middle class, whatever, you're old, this is the time to jump on board because this thing is so fast, it is so exponential that it is not giving room for late adopters to step on. It is not giving room for slow learners. So this is the time for it. It doesn't matter your age. The reality is that if you are going to survive in this new economy, you need to start experimenting with it. And it's not like something you need to entirely go and sign up for a four-year degree. No. Like I did, Google. Ask the questions on Google. You will find answers. Something will leap up. Go on YouTube. Sign up for free courses online. You will find something that will help you demystify that fear of artificial intelligence and all of that. It's the same like with smartphones. When they came, some people were like, no, I can't use this, you know? But eventually everyone caught up to it. I believe that some of the old people, they had that type of mindset like, so we're going to move from using phones with cables, stick to the wall, to now carrying in our pockets. This is not for us. It evolved from there to smartphones that can do essentially anything. You know, I remember one friend, Ah, not a friend, but someone I knew, um, who wouldn't use WhatsApp when it, when it, when it came, when this whole thing came, like, I'm never signing up on anything. I'm never putting that up on my phone. But today, everyone is on WhatsApp. Conversations are happening on WhatsApp. So, of course, it's normal to have that initial fear and resistance. But whether old or young, it's really not going. There's, to a certain degree, there is no way you can escape it. Yeah, because it's right in your face. It is right in your face. Banking is going digital. How are you going to be able to do banking transactions if you are afraid of the digital world? You know, I remember going to the bank um, a few weeks ago, actually, and the queues that day were terrible. Mm. And it's been a long time since I went to the bank. I had no idea people still go and queue that long in, at the bank. So I had to ask uh, the, the, one of the, the, the workers in Samla, why are there so many people here? Mm. And the response was really interesting. She said, there are so many people that have refused to use our app. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess maybe it's the scams that come with online banking. Some people exactly. are quite scared for There's their money. They've never had it. They've never had a bad experience. They just care like, no, this is not for me. I want to talk to a real person. Can I do this inside the, inside the branch? Can I still come to the branch? So she told me that, you know, these cues you see here, many, many of the things they're coming to do here, they could have done them on their laptops. They could have done them on their smartphones, but they'd rather talk to a real person. I think what you've shared this evening is so powerful in just what you've said now is that technology is ever-changing. It's there. We cannot avoid it. We cannot run away from right. it. So the best thing to do, whatever your age might be, whether you're the TikTok Brace generation <laughs> or you know the middle-age generation or whatever it might be, we have to absolutely embrace the TikTok generation, the AI, the technology, and the digital space. Absolutely. absolutely. But we thank you so much for joining us this evening. This was an incredibly powerful conversation and very 
very insightful and I'm taking the inspiration from you and getting more, you know, versed or well-versed in the AI and tech space. Because like you said, technology is creeping in in every sector and we have to familiarize and embrace it. But we thank you for joining us this evening. Thank you for having me. Mm -hmm. 